Hi, this is Richie Dave Porter from the UK, British blues guitarist, and you are listening to the David Bowers Awards. And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you once again, and welcome aboard. Glad to be here. Glad to have some great music for you. And Richie Dave Porter doing the introduction today kind of signifies that we got some blues coming up. I think you're going to like our first song is from a group who do Southern rock with a blues touch. Sort of. Song is Death Come Riding. Listen, if you will, please, to the Crippled Hillbillies. Death Come Riding. Death Come Riding. See his face. Out my neck, crowd watching, bated breath. Bossy found me in my hunting shack, guns out the front, guns round the back. Don't hide from no man That's my way When death comes riding I won't turn away Death come riding Death's gonna ride in 
Come riding. They call themselves the Crippled Hillbillies, and they do a, a really neat form of southern rock with a touch of blues and a little bit of a metal influence there, and they are from the south. That's south of Wales, believe it or not. Yes, they are not an American band, and I heard these guys, and I said, you got to be kidding me. These guys are from Wales? Okay, I'm on board. I like them. they got a fan here. They're the Crippled Hillbillies a uh, relatively new southern rock band from Wales over in the United Kingdom. They started working on their first album about three years ago, and uh, they claim they love what they do. They get a chance to rock out on stage and play with some awesome bands, too. And they played with uh, you know, some of the U.K. bands, Coyote Creed, Flying Spider Revival, uh, among uh, other names. And if you want to check them out, you can check them out on YouTube at uh, user Steve the Big Drummer, Steve the Big Drummer, D R U M M A, and you'll find him on uh, on YouTube. And they are a three-piece, I'm sorry, a five-piece band. Uh, Danny Gale is on vocals, 
and acoustic guitar. Steve Green plays slide guitar and harmonica, although not necessarily at the same time. Stephen Morgan, lead rhythm guitar. Andrew Shirley plays bass, and Terry Gale is on drums. Check them out. I think you're going to like them, and I'd love to hear what you think. Drop us a line at david at thedavidbowers.com. John Bon Jovial, you don't need to send us an email. You can tell us right now what you think. Well, I would love to. Uh, I love the name of the band, for starters, uh, the, the Crippled Hillbillies. I mean, it's you know, it's so politically incorrect, which is why I probably love it as much as I do. It's, a, it's just a great name and a memorable, a memorable name for a band at that. But it's a nice song. The guitar work kind of reminds us uh, of our friends at Wild Horse. Uh, it's just bit. that yeah. smooth and it's, you know, that, that, that rambunctious in-your-face, but very well thought out and choreographed guitar work. So uh, I would l- love to get these guys on the show. Uh, I, I hope that maybe someday in the future they will uh, consent to an interview with us. That would be kind Definitely of nice. Definitely like to do that. Death Come Riding by the Crippled Hillbillies from South Wales. So, hey, that's a new sound to look for. We want to salute our friends Titty Bingo, the Texas rock and roll band that provides our theme music every week for the last 10 years. Uh, Steve Litvak's Rock and Roll Rumble Show that follows the David Bowers Awards on Rochester Free Radio. And Armand Spins on WRFZ FM 106.3, also known as Rochester Free Radio, in Rochester, New York. Our flagship station, WRFZ FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York. We got to keep moving right along here because we got a couple of artists that we want you to hear, including a newer young artist who's coming up right now. He's waiting very patiently for us to shut up, play his music, so he can get on here and tell us about himself. You're going to be amazed at this young man. He goes by the name of Drayden Gordon, and he opens with a classic nine pound hammer. Ain't a coming back, oh no, well, I ain't a coming back. Heaven, birdie, don't you go so slow. Tell me how can I roll when the wheels won't go. Heaven, birdie, pull your load of coal. Hell, how can I pull a load when the wheels won't go?
It's a long way to Harlem. It's a long way to Hazard. Just to get a little blue. Oh, Lord, just to get a little blue. Well, and when I'm long gone, you can make my tune slow. Out of number nine, cold. Oh, my, out of number nine, cold. Evil on birdie, don't you hold so slow. How can I hold? The classic nine-pound hammer, Mr. Drayden Gordon. Drayden, come on in here and say hello to everybody. We want to get you to sit down and talk with us for a while. Well, Lord, children, honey, have mercy. I tell you, what a great big howdy to to you all, all out there in Radio Land. Hope you're doing well. I want to say a big thank you before we get too far into it to y'all for having me on your program this evening. And I've been looking forward to this for some time. Well, thank you very much. We have, too, and I've got to do this. Uh, I, I just wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't because you definitely you definitely carry the voice and style of someone far advanced in years from what you are. How old are you right now, Drayden? I am 18 years old. And I knew I wanted you to say it because John Bon Jovial, my co-host, and the listeners would never believe it. You've got a you've got a sound that sounds like you've been it sounds like you've been doing the music for more than eighteen years. Great sound. I mean nine pound hammer, what an opening act. And I, I was trying to think, I didn't get a chance to do research on this. I don't remember who did that first, but I know I've heard it was Tony Rice, uh Johnny Cash of course. Johnny's done everything. Merle Travis, uh Oh, everybody yeah, I believe Merle Travis time. was about the first one to do that out of down here in Kentucky, the same state that I'm from. It's a that's a good number that I like to do on occasion. That uh, kind of pays tribute to the hardworking uh, men that have worked in the mines and uh, really helped keep the lights on for so long. It does. I remember Doc Watson did it also. It's a it's a great song, and you do it justice, my friend. You do it justice for sure. Tell us a little bit about Braden Gordon. Now we know you come from. We know where you come from. Tell us a little bit about how you got into music. I'm guessing at a very early age, and how you got into the direction where you are now. Absolutely, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I got into this music when I was two years old. I started uh, started on stage clogging. That's type of a type of dancing that was yes. is, is fairly popular around Eastern Kentucky and Appalachia. And uh, started on stage at that age of two with uh, one of my heroes and a great bluegrass pioneer by the name of Melvin Goins, who was uh, around for probably playing more than sixty years of his life. But uh, he pulled me up on stage, and I guess something clicked, and I. You know, I liked it real good, and I kept clogging and was in some clogging groups and things like that for 
for the good part of my younger life there, but about the age of seven, I, I decided that it was time to change the change things up just a little bit, and I started singing on stage, and uh, so that, that was about 11 years ago, I guess, if I did my math right. Uh, they do teach us math down here in the hills sometimes. If I, <laughs> I take, take my shoes off and count it, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, so I started singing when I was seven. At the age of 11, I believe it was, I taught myself to play guitar. I tried taking lessons and stuff at a younger age, and I, it never nothing ever did stick with me. I guess I'm just too hard-headed or something like that, but uh, we, <laughs> I took it home, and I put that guitar under the bed, and about a year or two later, I pulled it out when I was 11. I said, by golly, I'm going to teach myself to play this thing, and uh, three months later, I, I was playing on stage. So. Well, I, I just wonder what took you so long to discover that you wanted to be in, in the world of music. I mean, you were, what, two years old? You wasted two years of your life there. I Lord, I, I know it. It was it was a crying shame. Just didn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> John Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, jump in here. Are you sure that we're not talking to Doc Watson or Jimmy Rogers right now? <laughs> I wish that I could answer that question unsuccessfully and say you are, but I can't. Well, Drayden, welcome to the show. It is just way cool to have you on with us. I love your uh, cover of Nine Pound Hammer. It really does evoke the days of yesteryear, if you will. Doc Watson and, of course, um, Merle Travis, who was the uh, creator of Travis Picking, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, of course, you're from Kentucky. Being as you're from Kentucky, it just absolutely makes sense that you were brought up on this kind of music. But being brought up on it and falling in love with it are sometimes two different things. So I want to know what happened in your life to make you fall in love with, with with an older style, World War II veteran slash baby boomer style of country music? Well, uh, you know, that might have been when it was really becoming popular, but down here and all over the world, really, I'm finding that it's just as popular now pretty much as it ever was. I'm pr- proud to be able to say that, you know, that uh, I know that my personal bluegrass music has been sold in over 40 countries and so that, that that to me seems to say that bluegrass is still hopefully alive and people are people are still responding well to it and I'm very proud of that. But as far as the falling in love, I mean I was I was raised on it, I cut my teeth on it, and I think I think what really drew me to it. Now I can't say for certain of anything really uh, what made it click with me because I don't know what made it click in my head that just said hey I got to do this. Because like I said, I was two years old when I really started on stage, but um, I think it's really a heart thing in the good bluegrass music. I think that there's a good connection between heart and soul with the listener, and uh, that's the same kind of connection that I try to try to carry in my own music today. I like to be able to feel what I can, what I sing, or like to be able to at least relate to it, and if I can't relate to it, or my audience can't relate to it, I might as well just pack it up, put that guitar back under the bed, and go uh, go get a regular job or something. Which I do have a regular now, job too, but <laughs> well, I do too. We, you know, I, 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 both David and I do this for grins, and just because we love it, and uh, radio is in our blood, and uh, the kind of radio that we cut our teeth on just doesn't exist anymore. So we decided to do our own thing and talk to, to folks like you. And one of the questions that I like to ask people is, you know, in addition to doing 
an absolutely superb cover of a well-known song like you just did. Uh, what kind of repertoire do you have of original uh, compositions and music? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that first album that I released was entitled Goes of Tradition, and that's that. And you'll find that number nine pound hammer on that album. It, it was uh, that was an album that was really done of all covers to pay tribute to a lot of the heroes and friends that I'd known, songs that they'd done, and things like that that I knew growing up. Uh, at an early age, I was able, fortunate enough to work with. Uh, Dr. Ralph Stanley and Larry Sparks and some of those other great old-timers like Dave Evans and James King and some of those other pioneers that I know a lot of folks will uh, will remember in the bluegrass community. But uh, as far as the originals and things go, um, I've got one original song actually cut and released as a single, and that's entitled Soldier Story. But uh, I'm starting to do a lot more original stuff on the shows out and about uh, as we make our way through the United States, so to speak, you know, but... Uh, uh, as far as the original stuff goes, uh, I, I try to keep it still down down home, down earth feeling, and uh, try to keep it uh, true as I can. Well, and you definitely do that, and what you do, the way you do it, is a tribute to your not only your talent, but your ability to control that talent. Obviously, there are people who have talent but can't use it. You have put the two together, and I... I just can't get over uh, when uh, when Jill at Nashville Weekly uh, told me about you. I said, yeah, definitely, we got to have him on the show. You released uh, Echoes of Tradition back in 2020, and that's got 10 great bluegrass cover songs on that. How were you able to put that together? Well, uh, the, the funny, I guess kind of not really a ha-ha funny, but a funny moment thing about that was that uh, – Worked very hard all winter of 19 or 20 to get that thing, you know, put together and get it ready to be released and all that. And I released it, uh, I believe it was the first week of March of 2020. The next week, the whole world ended as we know it, and uh, COVID took over. I had shows booked to promote the album and everything. And just like uh, snapping your fingers, you know, it was they, was, they was canceled or postponed until we didn't know when because of this you know, thing that spread throughout the world. But um, if we had, it, it became very interesting because I had to find new ways to promote the promote the album, new ways to sell it. Um, it really opened my eyes to a lot of new aspects of uh, promoting my own music and uh, commercializing the music as well. I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. You've performed every four years from local honky-tonks to the Mother Church, the Ryman Auditorium. Are you back out on the road now? Yeah, yeah, we're back out on the road. I believe I did about 80 shows last year, something like that. Try to keep it about between 80 and 100 every year and uh, starting, to, starting to get real built back up now. I know I've got shows coming up uh, in South Carolina and Georgia and uh, Mississippi and all kinds of great places coming up that uh, we're so looking forward to being on the road and well as some shows here close to home in Kentucky and Ohio and West Virginia and all that good stuff. But, uh, yes, yeah, so we, I try to keep a very full tour schedule as well as, uh, I'm also on the, on the radio about three or four days a week here at home on two different radio stations that I work at. Well, I want you to take a personal note here now, uh, because in your touring, as you're booking your shows and everything, keep in mind that my co-host John Bon Jovial is down in the Naples Fort Myers area of Florida. I'm out west 
in the Tempe, Phoenix area, and we would love the opportunity to meet you in person. If you hit any one of those areas, you let us know, and uh, we'll try to make arrangements to get together with you because I would really love to meet you, and I know John would as well. But I, I just have this feeling that this is a country superstar in the making. Don't you, John? Oh, yeah. This With, with this kind of talent, with this kind of attitude, and with your age, which you'll know, pardon me for saying so because I'm a bit of a dinosaur myself, it just absolutely blows my mind that you sound like you're somebody that's in your 60s and you know not your first rodeo and been around the corner a time or nine. And uh... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the compliments. And uh, as far as uh, being in y'all's area, I'd love to love to do it. If y'all know anybody that books some shows out there, just kind of like slipping my card or something, would you? <laughs> you got it, my friend. Now, before we run out of time, I always try to save time for our guests to sell themselves, tell the audience how they can follow you online, how they can get your music. Absolutely. This is the part of the show right now that I'm always so proud to talk about. I always like to tell everybody that you can find me anywhere that uh, good hillbilly music or bad hillbilly music, either one is sold or streamed. That's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, all of those good streaming platforms, every single one of them out there on the Internet, I believe that I am on at this point. Just go to your uh, browser there and type in Drayden Gordon, and they'll come up. And uh, you can also find me online at my website. That's DraydenGordon.com, D-R-E-Y-D-E-N-G-O-R-D-O-N.com. I'm also on all the uh, social media platforms. I always tell everybody if I'm not on it, you don't need to be on it either. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, just about everything. I think that I'm on it. So we would so love for you to come over and check us out, especially on social media to stay up to date with all the tour dates and everything like that. And all the social media has been made so simple because on every platform you can find me at Drayden.official or Drayden Official, depending on which platform it is. I just have one question for you, Drayden. You don't have a medicine show going around the country, do you? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't believe so. Some folks said I ought to try to auction, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You have got talent. You've got a style. And I'm my, I am just so happy for you because at your age, you have got many, many years to exploit that talent and make it even better. I predict big things for you, and I just hope one thing, Graydon, one personal request. Don't ever forget us because we want to keep in touch with you, and we don't want you to go away. Uh, once you're on the show, you're part of our family anyway, and we like to keep in touch with you, but we definitely want to keep in touch with you, know where you're going and what you're doing, so do keep in touch, please. Thank you so much, and I want to go ahead before – before we wrap things up here and I get ahead of myself or anything, I want to say a huge thank you to you and everybody all everybody that does things like you do to promote independent artists and to promote uh, music and to help get it out there to the world. Without y'all, it would be impossible, and I truly thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Oh, you're very welcome. We do what we love because we love what we do, and love hearing words like that from you makes it all worthwhile. Ladies and gentlemen, Keep that name in mind because you're going to be hearing more of it. Graydon Gordon. And here he is with Ramblin' Letters. I don't want 
compared to this so-called stadium country, new country crap that's out there today. This is good. This is country music. This is the stuff that, that I cut my teeth on in country radio back in the early 70s. I mean, this is this is good stuff. This gets the much-coveted and sought-after John Bon Jovial seal of approval. And he does it with such style, you'd think he's been doing it for 20, 30 years at least. I mean... I, just, I know. I'm just, I'm just amazed at a kid 18 years old having that much yeah, that's maturity. That's 18 years old. Yeah. What the hell? When I was 18 years old, I was hanging out in Boston Commons getting high with my friends. I mean, you know, what did I know? <laughs> yeah, he, he's got a job. He's on two radio stations. He's playing music and recording and touring. I mean, come on now. Yeah, absolutely amazing. This young man has got it all, and I am so proud to have had him here on our show. We've got another artist coming up very shortly whom we're also proud to have on the show because they've got a great sound and we want to share it with you. So let's listen right now to Delta Wires and If Somebody Told Me. to 
it just wouldn't happen to me. Oh, no, baby. If somebody hey. told me Delta Wires here on the David Bowers Awards, we're going to have the man himself come in and join us right now. If you would, please, Ernie Pinata, say hello. Hey, hello. How you doing? Doing fine, thanks, and hope you are, too. Thank you for coming by and joining us here today. Now, this tune we just played, If Somebody Told Me, that's the title of your new album, right? Correct. That just came out, what, late January? January 24th is when we released it. It's getting a lot of good press. I've noticed. I've noticed some good press. And after listening to uh, after listening to the tracks from it, I can see why it's a great sound. You guys have uh, you guys have obviously been doing this for a while. Yeah, long time, bro. <laughs> how long have you been at? How long you been at it, man? Oh, 50 years. That, that long. Uh-huh. We were playing. Uh, you know, we we're back to when you know Tower Power used to play at the on Broadway in Oakland. And they oh, used yeah. to play there every Monday and Tuesday night, right? And mm-hmm. then they left, and then we took over the Monday and Tuesday nights. Then they moved on, then they got the hit, and that was it. You know, they got still young men. They were gone. <laughs> Steve Cropper helped them with that album, and uh, it really, really, they're just great. God bless them. They're still, you know, still going like mad. Well, I'll tell you, that's not a bad path to follow. Often the artists in the band don't get enough play themselves. The spokesperson or lead or whoever it is, gets all the talk. Tell us about the guys in the band. We have a a unit. My philosophy has always been to have a band. I don't want to be the only, I don't want it to be Ernie Panada and the Delta Wires. I've always wanted it to be Delta Wires. And as a unit, and everybody contributes. And like on the album, this this last album, we've had everybody in the band, uh, except for the center player, uh, everybody in the band was part of the production. So they were right there during the, you know, the recording and then after the recording and the mixes and I had every, I just got everybody involved. So everybody feels a part of it, you know, that's and a good I think way that's, to do it. that's helped me keep this going for so long, you know, I believe um, it. it's a great way to do yeah. it. And it's the right way in my mind. It's, I've always felt that that's why we try to include even when we don't have the whole band on, we try to make sure they're all included because, hey, they're all part of the sound that makes you what you are. And I've got to take a second here and bring in my co-host, John Bon Jovial, because I know he loves your music and he wants to get in here. John, it's all yours. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ernie, welcome to the show. It is great to have you on with us. It, it really is. And Thank you. I never get to hear the music before we play it on our air, and that is by design. That yeah. way we can get... A, a gut visceral reaction, if you will. And in listening to If Somebody Told Me, I, really, it brought me back to one of the very first concerts that I went to. And I know I'm going to date myself here. I was 14 years old in 1965. And a friend of mine and I, just on a whim, we went to Harvard Stadium in Cambridge, Mass., and saw Paul Butterfield Blues Band and James Cotton Blues Band. Yeah. And I swear to God, listening to what you're doing there is so reminiscent and is so nice to hear somebody just sing the blues, 
sing it well, sing it with feeling, sing it with conviction, and not be one of those pseudo faux, you know, oh, I've got a blister on my finger, so now I've got the blues. You know, it's just, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so really, seriously, congratulations. I mean, this this is such a, a superb sound. I absolutely love it. Well, we've been we've been saying that blues matters, or one of the magazines uh, mentioned it's like uh, similar to Butterfield the, the sound, and I, I always respected Butterfield. I saw him when he first came to San Francisco, and I've uh, always loved his harp playing. Uh, you know, because he he was right there in Chicago, and you know, I I listened to his music so much, and and Little Walter and Sonny Boy Williams, and those three, I think, were the big influence on me for the heart. You know, you mentioned Tower Power. You know, I, I have a business here in Naples, Florida, and in this little strip mall that I'm in, uh, there's a music uh-huh. store right directly next next door. And there's uh-huh. a guy working there. His name is, uh, I believe, is, uh, is Lee Thornburg, and he is one uh-huh. of the members of Tower of Power, and wow. he's retired now, but he was in Tower of Power for years, and uh, I can just remember going over there one day, and cause, you know, because I recognized him, and I said, I know you, and then, of course, we went, then we got to talking, and my, my immediate question was, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I hear him play all the time. I can hear him through the wall as they're you know, is is they're 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 tuning instruments and they do a lot of you know uh, uh, horn repair and, uh, and and so you know I can always I can always tell when he's testing out an instrument because the guy is oh my god he's so good he really is and I a lot of what I just heard on if somebody told me kind of reminds me of of him I mean he could be he could be playing on your record yeah yeah well I think you know Tower has been an influence. Um, one time we did this tribute, it was like uh, the Spiders and the influence, the Dennis Balacqua and Mike Tacker and the Spiders and Trudy Johnson. That was kind of an inspiration for Emilio Castillo uh, for Tower to have a singer, a black singer, and then, then the, the horn section. And um, we did this kind of tribute with uh, Dennis and Mike when he was still alive. And I, I was part of that show, and Emilio saw us, and uh, I really never knew him. I mean, I, I I knew guys in his band and stuff like that, but I never really knew him. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. If you're in the Bay Area, you kind of keep your distance. You don't – you're not always smoozing trying to – I mean, I've met a lot of people, but I don't know. I'm shy, you know. Anyway, so uh, we played on a Sunday, and I got this phone call uh, Monday at my house. And – um I was in this book uh, to the 60s or something, and that was the whole premise of this uh, concert that was in that uh, was in Fremont, south of uh, south of Oakland. And he called me up and he, he said, I, "I like your band." He says, "Ernie, never quit, never quit. I haven't quit." <laughs> hey, if but you really love what you're doing, the only, time, the only time I've really spoken with him, but he he gave me a real good nod, and uh, the people he, he enjoyed the band. So I, oh, I'm a different, it's a different style. It's not the, the R&B thing, you know, but we do do some R&B funk stuff, you know. I want to mention to John Bon Jovial, John, you not only got to hear some dirty trombone there, you got to hear some sweet trombone in there along with those horns. Uh, oh, yeah. We had an artist yeah. on oh, yeah. last week that uh, when she was making her her uh, record that she, we were playing, uh, 
She wanted to, she just got this bug. She didn't want a guitar solo in the middle of it. She thought about a dirty, gutsy trombone sound, and it really made the, yeah. made the song. And that's what I was referring to, to John. But you guys, you guys have come so far from a college project. You have, uh, let's see, you were finalists in the Blues Foundation's International Blues Challenge. You were voted yeah, best man. live band by the Oakland East Bay and Oakland Magazine's annual poll. Uh, also, the yeah. East Bay Express. Uh, you were inducted yeah. into the California Blues Hall of Fame. You've got yourself quite a track record there. What are you going to do for encores? What do you got coming up? Well, uh, I think one of our best gigs we had, and I've tried to get it this year, but it was just um, our agent passed away. He was uh, out of uh, New Orleans. Uh, and uh, we we played the Umbria Jazz Festival, and uh, that was amazing, you know, to play that festival mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's hard. Uh, we just keep keep plugging along. We're playing uh, the Reno. We're playing for a Blue Society in Reno, Nevada, uh, Saturday night. Uh, it's a thing for them, and and we just play all these local places and outdoor events and clubs, and you know, just keep playing. It's hard to get gigs though because this the whole this whole cover band thing, the whole tribute band thing is just is blown up, man. You know? Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> don't don't change what you're doing. You're you're doing great. It does bring yeah. up another question though that I wanted to ask you, and that is, how is it touring with the full ensemble like it is? Is it is it a major challenge, or how do you see it? Well, it's it's you know we have to we pick and choose where we play. Uh, you know, it's just like I said, there's a lot of venues, and that. Uh, San Francisco, we played Biscuits and Blues, and I, that guy, you know, uh, Stephen, I know him. He, he had to close because of some problem with the the neighbor, and then uh, he hasn't reopened yet. And we play in San Francisco uh, once a month at the saloon in North Beach, and uh, you know, we we do have gigs, we do play, it's, but I have to play with seven. I will never cut it down, and that's just the way it's going to be. The thing is, when somebody comes and sees Delta Wires, what you heard is what you're going to see. And, and that's that makes me feel good every time I go out, you know. I'll tell you what. You've got a philosophy that good musicians are going to love you for, and they'll stick with you yeah. because they know you're real and that you're going to take care of them. And I salute you. In this business, that's not as prevalent as it should be. And uh, I salute you for that. Now, before we let you go, one other thing I got to do, and I try to do for all our guests, tell the folks how they can find you, follow you, get in touch with you if they want to send you a note. And, of course, most importantly, how they can actually get your music. Okay. Uh, The website is DeltaWires.com. And uh, you can get a hold of me on Ernie Panada on my Facebook page, uh, or you can email me. I don't care, erniepanada at gmail.com. And uh, if you need something, I'll get it to you. We're, we're just trying, you know, I'm pretty transparent about everything. We have a Delta Wires fan club that's that's on uh, Facebook. So there's the Delta Wires band has, uh, we have a page, and then the Delta Wires fan club, and then Ernie Panada, my Facebook page. So, you get a hold of it somewhere there. <laughs> Fantastic. And we have several pages also, one of which is also on Facebook. It's the David Bowers Awards Groups page. And that's there for our guests and 
any indie artist for that matter, post your tour dates, play dates, new music, anything you want to share with fans and followers, you can post it up there and we'll pick it up and spread it out to the places where we repost to. So feel free to use that. That's what it's there for. David Bowers. Yes, it's the David Bowers Awards. Okay, the, I'm going to write that down. Okay. Well, I can talk yeah, to Doug about it. Yeah, we've got a couple of pages there. The David Bowers Awards Groups page is the one that's open. You can post directly to. Okay. All right. Perfect, man. Fantastic. Thank you for for getting a hold of me. I appreciate it. Oh, God bless you, my friend, and and your entourage. You've got something going for you. Ladies and gentlemen, he goes by the name of Ernie Pinata. His group is Delta Wires, and from their newest album, If Somebody Told Me, here's one more for you. Can't win for losing. Life. We keep on pushing, not 
right. There you go. It's can't win for losing. They call themselves Delta Wires, and we thank them along with Drayden Gordon for joining us. And there you have it, folks. I mean, you've got both ends of the scale. You've got fresh new talent. You've got old stalwarts that have been, well, they've been making music longer than the fresh new talent has even been on the face of this earth. What a contrast in, in, in ages and styles and both just professionalism personified. We thank them both for joining us here today. John Bon Jovial, it's time to take us home. Yes, sir, indeed it is. Folks, you did it again, and we are so grateful that you spent another hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and uh, we're glad you uh, do it each and every week. It's good to see you. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and uh, we're available for free on most of the major streaming services. Be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards. That's going to be Saturday on WRFZFM 106.3 on your FM radio dial in Rochester, New York. That's Rochester Free Radio at noon Eastern. And then on Sunday on Blog Talk Radio at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers Award, I am yours truly, the lovably, legendary John Bon Jovial saying, we'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards.